Hello and happy Friday, everyone. Lou Bell McDoobie here. I wanted to let you know about this episode. It's a little bit different. I am going to attempt to hit it out of the park with a triple episode today. I will be talking about three cookbooks, Jack's Fish House, Indian, which is a collection of over 100 essential recipes, and Bistro Cooking by Patricia Wells. As usual, I will do my rolling results for the following week, give you a tip on my favorite cooking things, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about Patricia Wells for the Random Chef Facts. So I hope you enjoy this special episode where I attempt to go ahead and review three books at once. Still trying to get caught up here on Rolling for Recipes, and I really appreciate your patience with me. I also want to give a special shout out to my niece, Alex Forney. Happy birthday, Alex. Thank you so much for being such an amazing supporter of Rolling for Recipes. And I love you and I hope you have a wonderful birthday. All right, let's get going. I'm Lou Bell McDoobie and this is Rolling for Recipes. I'm here to entertain inspire and encourage home cooks of all levels. If your cooking could use the warm, funny, guiding hand of a real-life grandma, that would be me, Bluebell McDoobie. Join me here each week on Rolling for Recipes. All right, let's get started. Welcome, everybody. I hope you, everyone is doing great, and I just want to say thanks again for listening to Rolling for Recipes. I realize that my episodes have been a little sporadic lately, and I hope you'll forgive me. With today's episode, I am going to try to get myself all caught up for you and get back on a regular schedule. So without further ado, let's talk about our three books that we have today. Jack's Fish House, Indian, which is the collection of over 100 essential recipes, and Bistro Cooking by Patricia Wells. Let's start out with the Jack's Fish House. So this was a cookbook that's a restaurant's cookbook. And because of that, many of the recipes were quite involved, very expensive ingredients, you know, just like a lot of you guys out there in my podcast listening land. We're on a tight budget. So, you know, it's not that easy to go to the store and buy a lobster. <laughs> so the McDoobies combined their efforts with one recipe this time that had many elements that we could all work on together. It was the shrimp empanadas with cherry ancho sauce. Really fun to put together and they were very delicious. My son, Junior, took care of the pastry dough because he's quite adept at highly detailed, careful cooking like that. So he made the pastry dough and he really enjoys working with dough, rolling it out, cutting into very small pieces, you know, he has that patience that sometimes me and Mr. McDoobie might not have in the kitchen. So he took care of the pastry dough. I made the filling and then Mr. McDoobie made the cherry ancho sauce because he really is a saucier kind of a guy. He loves making different sauces and that often works out with our cooking where he will make some kind of sauce or marinade or whatever. And then I'll kind of come around behind him and go, okay, what can I do with this that he just made? So those were really good. They were deep fried and Junior took care of the deep frying part also because he's an excellent fry cook. He just he just has an instinct for making sure that the oil's not too hot, doesn't burn it, 
He does a great job with frying. And these little shrimp empanadas were really quite delicious. And there was an extra amount of the cherry ancho sauce that we then used on a steak the next day. So that was a winner from Jack's Fish House. That's just the one recipe we made out of it. But we felt like we really did put some effort out because this recipe had the different elements of the dough, the filling, and the sauce. So that was a good one. Then we had Indian a collection of over 100 essential recipes. This is a very small little book. I believe it was a Junior McDoobie's book. Now things have been, you know, we've been busy, just like a lot of you, lots of stuff going on in our lives. And that particular week, I ended up being the only one to make anything. And I remember it was very hot outside and I made the cucumber riata, which is cucumber that you dice up small or you can grate it into yogurt with cumin and lemon juice, salt and pepper. I made the cucumber riata because it was really hot outside and I just love that. It's this very cool, delicious, cuminy, cucumbery awesomeness. And I also made the naan bread. That's N-A-A-N, the flat bre- Indian flatbread. And I went ahead and made that even though it was so hot outside because I knew I was going to cook it on my barbecue grill outside. If you've never made any kind of flatbread, I highly recommend it. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before. I think I have in other episodes that if you're hesitant about learning how to make any kind of bread, I would recommend starting out with any of the flatbreads. Nan, great choice. It's just so delicious. You make the dough. It's a yeast bread. It has to rise a little bit, but it's not a big deal. It's not like you have to do a second rise. It's one rise, punch it down roll it into balls, flatten it out, and then slap it on a steaming hot grill. And then I like to brush it with garlic infused oil, sprinkle it with some cilantro. It's so delicious. Highly recommend that. And I do have a reel up about the cucumber riata that I posted. So if you want to head over to Instagram and check that out, you can see how to make it. And I would recommend grating the cucumber rather than dicing it. For one thing, it's easier. And I think that this makes a a nicer texture. You can use cucumber riata to cool down very spicy Indian dishes, or I just like to eat it. I I just like to eat it straight out of the bowl or use it just to dip my naan bread in. That's a keeper. I love cucumber riata and I love naan. Next up, we'll talk about Bistro Cooking by Patricia Wells. With this cookbook, really just Junior McDoobie and myself were involved when Mr. McDoobie saw the book that we picked that week, he was like, geez, you guys, this is like one of the oldest cookbooks that we have. One of the books that he learned how to cook from, and he has probably cooked 80% of the recipes in this little book. So (laughs) Junior made pineapple flan, and I made herbed split pea soup and fennel saffron bread. The pineapple flan was really unique. It was a flan that you did not need to cook like a traditional custard where that technique is you would put your custard in a pan inside of a larger pan in the oven with a quantity of water um, coming up usually about half halfway up the side of the pan. And that's normally how a flan is cooked in a hot water bath like that. This one was just cooked straight in a casserole dish in the oven. And the pineapple flavor was really great. It had that kind of caramely pineapple taste like on the bottom of a pineapple upside down cake. So that was really good. And we were really happy that Junior made that because Mr. McDoobie had probably already made 90% of the dessert recipes in the book. So it was really tough to find a dessert that we hadn't already had. 
So yummy, yummy, yummy pineapple flan. Love that a lot. At the time that we were cooking out of this book, I was feeling desperately in the need of being comforted. I've mentioned before about how much the news has affected me lately. And so I made a comfort food, which was split pea soup. Now, normally I make my mom's recipe, but this time I made Patricia's recipe. And I was so glad I did. I made a reel about this one as well. If you want to head over to Instagram and check it out. The thing that was so cool about this recipe was you didn't have to chop up anything. I had to cut an onion in half. Ooh, so difficult, right? You cut an onion in half and you stick a clove in each half of the onion. You have some smashed garlic, some herbs, that's it. And you throw it into the pan and you let it cook very slowly. The onion literally disintegrated into the pan, into, into the soup. It was really quite delicious and very different from the type that I normally make. And to go along with it, I made a fennel saffron bread that Mr. McDoobie went crazy for. He absolutely loved that flavor. It was hearty because it had semolina flour in it as well. So it had kind of a cornmeal-y texture to it. Went really good with the soup. So that is the McDoobie recipe roundup for our triple header today. I decided to go ahead and talk about Patricia Wells because, you know, she's just been, her cooking has been in our family for a really long time. And Unlike some of the other chefs I've talked about, Patricia Wells is still with us. So that's awesome. She is originally from the United States. She was born in Wisconsin in 1946. And as she grew up, she developed a very deep love for the produce of the land. She knew she wanted to be a writer, a journalist from a very early age. And so she combined her love of food, fresh food from the garden with her writing. Patricia started out as an art critic for the Washington Post and as a food writer at the New York Times before becoming the International Herald Tribune's global restaurant critic for over 25 years. Since 1980, Patricia and her husband Walter have split their time between Paris and Provence. For 26 years, Patricia has been teaching week-long cooking classes in Paris and Provence. And I learned on her website today that this will be her final year teaching those classes. Wow. How fun would that have been <laughs> to fly to Paris, attend some classes with Patricia Wells? Oh my gosh, that would have been really cool. She still travels to the U.S. several times a year to visit family and speak on Dining in Paris and her newly released book, The Food Lover's Guide to Paris, which the New York Times remarked about, quote, for an American visiting Paris and intending to explore the food scene, there is no better guide than Patricia Wells. And Ina Garten says of her, quote, no one knows the Paris food scene better than Patricia Wells, end quote. She has a seasonal newsletter, which I just signed up for, and check out her blog as well. And she even has an app. Go, Patricia. You are killing it. She's also an organic gardener, and I think she just seems like she's just living a really great life, you know? What was interesting to me was I normally start out these random chef facts by first just going to Wikipedia. Wikipedia's entry for Patricia Wells is extremely short on the biography part, so I kind of had to bounce around to um, different websites to get even this little bit about her. So I'm really glad I found her own website, patriciawells.com, and... I'm excited to get her newsletter 
to see what she has to say. So this woman has very, she's very accomplished as a James Beard Foundation Award winner for her book At Home in Provence. And she's been a cookbook, best-selling cookbook author and journalist and cooking instructor for many, many, many years. And I think she's just awesome. So hope you enjoyed learning about Patricia Wells. And obviously there's more to learn and I will be digging in more to see what else I can find out about this lady. Okay, book review time. For Jack's Fish House, I would say that although it's a fun cookbook, it's definitely not essential. Jack's Fish House is a restaurant in Colorado that I believe we went to at one point, and that's why we had the book. We really liked the recipe that we made, but as far as recommending the book, I don't think it's essential for you to get that one. The Indian, a collection of over 100 essential recipes. It's really small. I think that it'd be good to have if a person was short on space and wanted to have very basic Indian recipes on hand. So for that, I thought it was really good. I do love other Indian cookbooks more, especially the ones by Madhur Joffrey. I've spoken about her in the past. In fact, I did a random chef facts on her. And um, I think that her books are just elevated a little bit more. But this one's a very good basic cookbook. And those two recipes are definitely foundation recipes, the naan and the uh, yogurt riata, cucumber riata. The third book, Bistro Cooking by Patricia Wells. I'm sure you can guess that, yes, I'm going to recommend this one to anybody. This book has been in our family for at least 25 probably 30 years. It's a foundation book in our library. And like I mentioned, Mr. McDoobie has cooked a good 80% of the recipes in that book. Some of the recipes that we have just made over and over again include potatoes al gratin recipes. She's got several different potato al gratin recipes in that book. They're all amazing. Also a flourless chocolate cake. One time my husband whipped out that cake without even having the recipe with him when we were visiting some friends and our friends were like, oh my gosh, you just made a delicious chocolate cake from scratch off of your memory. So he has made that recipe quite a few times. So if you ever see Bistro Cooking by Patricia Wells, you definitely should pick that one up. Great book. And I actually would be on the lookout for any of Patricia Wells books. For my favorite kitchen thing of the week is the French rolling pin that we have. I bought this French rolling pin for Junior McDoobie several years ago when he was doing lots of baking. Now I mentioned earlier that he's very good at rolling out dough. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons is, is I got him this French rolling pin. Unlike a traditional rolling pin, it doesn't have separate handles. It's one long continuous piece of wood that tapers at each end. So the ends where you have your, where the handles would be, is smaller in diameter than the rest, if that makes sense. So it's a very gradual decline in size as it tapers down on each end. The beauty of this type of rolling pin is that you can use the entire length of it while you're working with dough. Sometimes it's really handy to utilize those, those smaller ends 
and I should post a video of us using that French rolling pin so you know what I'm talking about. The price for a French rolling pin really varies. They can go anywhere from like 10 to $40. It's probably based on what the material is made of and which retailer you get it from. I did want to read you this little blurb here. It says, the question was asked on Google, why is a French rolling pin better? And it says, the simple design of these rolling pins provides the least possible barrier between your hands and whatever type of dough you're rolling out, allowing you to feel what's happening underneath as you apply pressure, end quote. So that's what the internet says it's good for. But for me, it's like just having the ability to use the entire length of the wood and not having those handles with that kind of sharp edge between the handle and the pin that can sometimes cause a groove in your dough. It's actually very beautiful to look at too. I was looking online and Etsy has some French rolling pins and they're, they run about $22 and they come in all different types of wood. So I think that would be a really nice gift for the baker in your life or for yourself. So that's my Bell's favorite kitchen thing of the week, the French rolling pin. In keeping with our theme today of the triple header, I'm going to go ahead and let you know the rolling results for the last three weeks, actually, after the three weeks after bistro cooking. And there's reasons for that. The, the books that we've rolled lately have been a little challenging for us, not only just with the weather, um, but just with like ingredients and that kind of thing. And so one of the books that we rolled right after bistro cooking, and you guys know I'm behind, so that's why it's a little combobulated here. But after Bistro Cooking, we rolled and we got a beautiful book that we absolutely love and have used in the past called Roy's Fish and Seafood. It's Roy Yamaguchi's restaurant from Hawaii. Well, we tried <laughs> to find something to make out of this book, but really time for economic prosperity would be the time that you would cook out of this cookbook. So we put that one to the side. There wasn't even like simple salad dressing or something we could make out of that one. So we, we got to leave it out on the coffee table. It's a very pretty book. It's just out there. You know, we didn't really make anything out this out of it this time. And then another book that we rolled after that one, I was hopeful about. I'd never looked at it before. It's from James McNair. So I was very hopeful about it, but it was a total dud. <laughs> it was called The Bar and Grill Cookbook. I made a salad dressing out of it, Perry's House Dressing. And it was just... It was just a really boring salad dressing. It just wasn't very good. And Mr. McDoobie made a carrot salad that was good. You know, it was just okay. Definitely not anything I'm going to waste my audience's time on a whole episode on, You see if you see what I'm saying. So the book that we're going to land on this time that we actually did utilize to its fullest is The Rose Pistola Cookbook by Reed Heron and Peggy Knickerbocker. It's 140 Italian recipes from San Francisco's favorite North Beach restaurant. So that's our final that we're going to land on for this time. And that will be the book that I talk about in my next episode, hopefully coming up next Friday. Okay, that's all I have for you today. Thank you for hanging in there with me while I did a triple header for you and talked about three different cookbooks feels very good to get another episode out there for you guys today and I hope everyone stays safe and enjoys the rest of their Friday. Have a good one all. Talk to you again soon.
Lubell McDoobie, signing out. Okay, that concludes another episode of Rolling for Recipes. And I really do hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it that you can take back to your own kitchen and enjoy your cooking just a little bit more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Rolling for Recipes. I share lots of great cooking videos, especially on my stories. You can also follow Lubell McDoobie on Instagram. That's where I like to post my behind the scenes, making a podcast from scratch goofiness that I have going on. So I'd love it if you'd follow both of those and also encourage your friends and family to listen to Rolling for Recipes podcast if they are someone who could use a little bit of me in their lives and in their kitchen. So keep cooking and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again for all your support. Bluebell McDoobie signing out.